Jeremiah chapter 12. Old Testament prophet Isaiah, Jeremiah. <laughs> chapter 12. I love hearing pages flip. That tells me you got your Bible with you. <laughs> Starting with verse 1. Righteous art thou, O Lord, when I plea with thee, yet let me talk with thee of thy judgments. You guys don't pray like that, do you? You don't tell God, look, now God, you know, I know you're righteous, I, I know you can do anything, but let's talk. <laughs> Jeremiah says, you know, he says, Righteous art thou, O Lord, when I plea with thee, yet let me talk with thee about thy judgments. In other words, Jeremiah says, God, something ain't fair here. So I need to talk to you, God, about what you're doing. You guys don't talk to God like that. <laughs> Wherefore doth the way of the wicked prosper? Wherefore are all thy are they happy that deal very treacherously? Thou hast planted them, yea, they have taken root. They grow, yea, they bring forth fruit. Thou art near in their mouth and far from their reins. But thou, O Lord, knowest me. Thou hast seen me and tried mine heart towards thee. Pour them out like sheep for the slaughter and prepare them for the day of slaughter. How long shall the land mourn and the herbs of every field wither for the wickedness of them that dwell therein? The beasts are consumed and the birds because they said he shall not see our last end. Now God gets to talk to Jeremiah a little bit. If thou has run with footmen and they have wearied thee, then how Canst thou contend with horses? It if in the land of peace wherein thou trusted they weary thee, then how will thou do in the swelling of Jordan? Amen. And I want to preach from you to you today from this thought. Can you contend with horses? Can you contend with horses? Pray with me. Father, we exalt you again today. Sweet Holy Spirit, sweet Heavenly Dove, O oh God. I pray, Lord, that you give us wisdom and you give us knowledge and you give us understanding this morning, O oh God. Let us not leave the way that we came through these doors, God, but let us leave changed, renewed, refreshed with an understanding of who you are and all that you do, God. Great is thy faithfulness towards us, Lord. We truly appreciate you, God. I ask you to search my heart, O oh God. Try me, O oh God. See if there be wickedness in me, O oh God. And lead me to that rock everlasting. Because thou desire truth in the inward parts. And, and the hidden parts without make me to know wisdom, O oh God. Hide not that face from my sins, O oh God. Blot out all my transgressions, O oh God. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God. And renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors the way, and sinners shall be converted unto thee, O God. 
I thank you, Jesus, again today, O oh Lord, right now, Jesus, for you are my righteous and my salvation, O oh Lord. You are the strength of my life, and I love you, Jesus, and I praise you, Lord God, and I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated. Can you contend with horses? Horse racing in America is big bucks to a lot of people. There are three major horse races that are held throughout America each year. There's the Preakness, then there's the Belmont Stake, and then there's the Kentucky Derby. And these are great and fast horses. And most of the horses that are running in these races are three years old or less. Amen. And there have been many races, and all of these horses are running to obtain one thing. Not only do they want to win the Prickness and the Belmont Stake and the Kentucky Derby, but they want to win all three because then they will be known as the horse that has won the Triple Crown. Since the race begun, only 13 horses has ever won the Triple Crown. In 1919, Sir Barton won the Triple Crown. In 1930, it was Gallant Fox. In 1935, it was Omaha. In 1937, it was War Admiral. In 1941, it was Whirl Away. In 1943, it was Count Fleet. In 1946, it was Assault. In 1948, it was Citation. In 1973, it was Secretariat. In 1977, it was Seattle Slough. In 1978, it was Affirmed. In 2015, it was American Pharaoh. And this year, 2018, it was Justified. And out of all those horses that has won the Triple Crown, only two of them is still alive. American Pharaoh. And Justify are the only two horses that has won the Triple Crown that is still alive. When we begin to look at the book of Jeremiah, the book of Jeremiah, he is known as the weeping prophet. Jeremiah is weeping and crying, as you have heard me say time and time again, because the people of Israel and Judah are going through some tough and demanding times in their lives because of their father's disobedience and rebellion to against the word of God. It is a call for you and I to wake up and to realize that if we do not do what God tells us to do in his word, we can expect to suffer the consequences. The Lord says in Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 1 through 13, he calls Jeremiah to a conversation and he began to talk to Jeremiah. And he says, moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, go and cry in the ears of Jerusalem. Saying, Thus saith the Lord, I remember thee, the kindness of thy youth, the love of thy espousal, when thou wentest after me in the wilderness, in a land that was not sown. Israel was holiness unto the Lord, and the first fruits of his increase. All that devour him shall offend. Evil shall come upon them, saith the Lord. Hear ye the words of the Lord, O house of Jacob and all the families of the house of Israel. Thus saith the Lord, 
What iniquity have your fathers found in me that they have gone far from me and have walked out the vanity and become vain? Neither say they, where is the Lord that brought us up out of the land of Egypt? That led us through the wilderness, through a land of deserts and pits, through a land of drought and of the shadow of death, through a land that no man passed through and where no man dwelleth. And I brought you into a plentiful country to eat the fruit thereof and the goodness thereof. But when you entered, you defiled my land and made my inheritance an abomination. The priests say not, where is the Lord? And they handled the law, knew me not. The pastors also transgressed against me, and the prophet prophesied my bell, and walked after things that do not profit. Wherefore I will plead with you, saith the Lord, and with your children's children will I plead. For pass over the isles of Chittim, and see, and sin unto Cater, and consider diligently, and see if there be such a thing. Hath the nation changed their God, which are yet no gods? But my people have changed their glory for that which does not profit. Be astonished, O ye heavens, at this, and be horribly afraid. Be ye very desolate, saith the Lord, for my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hold them out cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. God begins to caution Jeremiah, and he begins to tell him why things are, are happening the way they are happening. He says, consider this. He says, you look and see, have there ever been a people that has done what my people has done to me. They have hold themselves out cisterns. They have broken cisterns that cannot hold water. He says they've gone away from me, the fountain of living water. In that last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink, for out of his belly shall flow living waters. But this spake he of the Spirit that they believed on him should receive, because Jesus was not yet glorified. But I come to tell you today, he is glorified, and he is the living water. As he told the woman at the well in John chapter 4, I will be in you a well of water, springing up unto eternal life. You're not going to find living water anywhere else uh, outside of Jesus Christ. Uh, but the call here is to let us realize what the people of God had done. God says, you need to take a look, Jeremiah. I brought them out. I led them through the wilderness. I made a way for them. I gave them instructions. But they polluted the land. They went totally against Everything that I told them, amen, and yet now they are suffering because they have left me, the fountain of living water, and hold them themselves cistern, broken cisterns uh, that cannot Whole water. He goes on and says that the prophets are prophesying by the devil. Amen. We need to realize that this ministry of prophecy, we must realize in our walk with God, if God has not called you to that position, don't get into the habit of prophesying things that they've said the Lord, because you can be totally 
out of line and totally away from the truth of God's word. It is the same way with tongues and interpretation. We might make sure that it is of God. Nothing that we do is a plaything with God. Everything that we do is serious business. If you give a message in tongues and interpretation, you better make sure it is from God. If you give the interpretation of it, you better make sure it is from God because you will be held accountable for every word that you speak when it comes to these things of God. God takes these things serious. We should be at a point in our lives that we are destroying the enemy. He has brought us out to bring us in. He has given us the ability to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing by any means shall hurt us. Amen. We've got to get to a point to where we realize who we really are. I hear people all the time says, Satan is doing this to me and Satan is doing that to me and Satan. Well, will somebody please kill him? I mean, this is the only cat I know that ain't dead yet. If he's defeated, then keep him defeated. <laughs> Kill him. He's your enemy. And when I was in the military, we tried to kill our enemies. So kill him. Put him to death. The Lord goes on and said to Jeremiah in the seventh chapter, the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord said, Stand in the gate of the Lord's house and proclaim there this word and say, Hear the word of the Lord, O ye Judah, and enter in at these gates to worship the Lord. Thus said the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Amend your ways and your doings, and I will cause you to dwell in this place. Trust ye not in lying words, saying, The temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, these. For if you thoroughly amend your ways and your doings, if you thoroughly execute judgment between a man and his neighbors, if you oppress not the stranger, the fatherless, and the widows, and shed not innocent blood in this place, neither walk after other gods to your hurt, then will I cause you to dwell in this place, and the land that I gave to your fathers forever and ever. Behold, you trust in lying words that cannot prophet, will you steal, will you murder and commit adultery and swear falsely and burn incense unto Baal and walk after other gods whom you know not and come and stand before me in this house which is called by my name, which is called by my name because become a den of robbers in your eyes. Behold even I have seen it, saith the Lord. But go ye now into my place which was in Shiloh where I set my name at the first and see what I did to it for the wickedness of my people Israel. And now because you have done all these works, saith the Lord, and I spake unto you, rising early and speaking, but you heard not, and I called you, but you answered not. Therefore will I do unto this house, which is called by my name, wherein you trusted, and unto the place which I gave to you to do your fathers, as I have done to Shiloh. And I will cast you out of my sight, as I have cast out all your brethren, either the whole
old seed of Ephraim. Therefore pray not thou for this people, neither lift up cry nor prayer for them, neither make intercession for me to me, for I will not hear thee. God has given calls, amen, to wake up, amen. And so we see today in the 12th chapter, Jeremiah wants to talk to God. He said, God, what you're doing is unfair. God, the wicked is prospering and your children seems to be suffering. And God began to say to Jeremiah, he says, if you have ran with footmen and they have wearied you, what will you do with horses? In other words, God is saying the footmen, which are soldiers, which are human beings, if they're wearying you, what are you going to do when the power of the horses and the chariots? You see, in those days, footmen was infantrymen, and they would march in, and they would destroy nations, but it took them a while, and God began to say, what are you going to do with horses? In other words, Jeremiah, there's something more powerful, there's something more stronger that's coming than footmen. Nebuchadnezzar is going to be coming with all those chariots and all those horses to lead you out of here and to lead you into Babylon. And if you can't handle footmen, what are you going to do with the horses when they come? Because they're more strength and they're more powerful. The Lord said to Job in Job 39, verse 9, 19 through 25. He says, Job, has thou given the horse strength? Job, have you given him courage? And have you given him confidence? Has thou closed his neck with thunder? Have you closed him with the mane like he has? Canst thou make him afraid of a grasshopper? The glory of his nostril, he says, is terrible when he breathes. He pulls in the valley and rejoices in his strength. He goeth on to meet the armed men. He's not afraid. He mocketh fear and is not affrighted. Neither turn he back from the second, from the sword. The quiver rally against him. The glittering spear and shield. He swalloweth the ground with fierceness and rage. Neither believeth he that it is the sound of the trumpet. He saith among the trumpets, ha ha, and he smells the battle afar off, and the thunder of the captains, and he shout. Can you contend with the horses? God asked Job. Can you compete with the horses that are coming? Paul says, this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. Covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, Truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, false, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, uh, from such turn away. For this sort of day which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sin, led away with divers lust, uh, ever learning, and never able to come 
come to the knowledge of the truth. Second Timothy chapter 3 verse 1 through 7. God is trying to wake us. He says if you cannot tend with footmen, with humanity, because what we see taking place right now is humanity. It's out of control. There are the foot soldiers. There are the things that are coming against you. Perilous times. Troubled sometimes. Dangerous times. Hard times. Lovers of self. People are selfish. It is all about me. They are covetous. They have a love for money. They are boasters. They are empty pretenders. Amen. And selfish. And hypocrites. They are proud. They are haughty. They are self-worth. Amen. They are blasphemers. They are speaking evil against God. They are disobedient to parents. They are not compliant to the instruction given by their parents. They are unthankful. They are ungrateful. They are not satisfied with anything they have. They are unholy and wicked. They are with natural affection. As you read the news, if you see that natural affection is taking place, they are unsociable. They are unloving. They are inhumane. They are leaving their kids in hot cars and allowing them to die. They are giving more to the beasts than they are to humanity. Amen. They're worshiping, as Paul says, the creature more than the creator, which is blessed forever. As we look at our world in which we live, these are footmen, these are humanity, these are men, and they're wearying us, and they're troubling us, and we see these things that are taking place. They're truth breakers. They refuse to avoid hostility. They're false accusers. They're devilish. They're incontinent. Without self-control. They're forced. They're savage. They're wild. They're disobedient obedient and despisers of those that are good. They are traitors. They are disloyal. They are disappointed. They are hating. They are reckless. They are rageous. Amen. Against the people and the things of God. They are high-minded. They are self-conceited. They are lifted up with pride. They are plucked up. And they have a love of pleasure more than the lovers of God. They are all about luxury, self-satisfaction, and self-gratification. These are footmen, and they're wearying you. They got you worried. You're wondering what in the world is going on. You're like Jeremiah. You want to talk to God. Says God, you're not fair. What's going on? How can they be prospering in all that? And I'm trying to do right. I'm trying to live right, and I'm going through all kinds of hell and high water. God, what's going on? And God says, if you ran with footmen and they wearied you, what are you going to do with horses? In other words, God says, there's some horses coming. And he says, when these horses come in, you need to realize in the sixth chapter of Revelation, John gives us a vision. And John sees. He hears a voice. says, come up. And he comes up and he sees and he looks. And he sees a white horse. And he that sat on the white horse had a bow. Amen. And he has on a crown. And he had a sword in his hand. And he goes forth conquering and conquering. This represents Jesus Christ. He's already gone forth to conquer for you. And you've got to live victorious in the 
victory that he has brought for you. You've got to learn to stand fast. You've got to learn to be stable because Jesus has already won for you and for me the victory. We've got to learn how to stand firm no matter what comes around us, no matter what is happening around you. Don't be weary. Paul says, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we are reap if we faint not. But then John gets another glimpse. He says, come up, as he opened the second seal. And the beast says, come up. And John sees a red horse. And this red horse that John sees, he is given power to take peace from off the earth. Amen. Notice here, he can take the peace away. So God is saying, if you think that what you're going through is going to trouble you, what are you going to do when peace is taken away from you? Jesus says in Matthew, I did not come to bring peace upon the earth. I've come to bring a sword. I've come to bring a division. I've come to, to divide a son from his father. I've come to divide a mother from her daughter and a daughter-in-law from her mother-in-law. He says, I've come to divide. And he says, the man's enemies will be those of his own household. God says, you need to realize that some harder times are going to come, Jeremiah. We need to realize when the red horse comes and that red horse in Jeremiah 6.3 is taking away the peace of the earth. What are you going to do if you can't contend right now with what you're going through? If you can't keep running the race, looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finish of your faith, what are you going to do when the red horse comes and he starts taking peace away from you? Then John gets another vision. The third seal is broke. And John says, Amen. As the third seal is broken, he says, come up and see. And he comes. And as John comes up to see, it is a black horse. And this black horse comes and he has in his hands a scale of balance. And he's able to take away. Amen. It's bringing a famine in the land. The Lord says to Amos, in Amos chapter 8 verse 11, he says, Amos, there's going to come a time that there's going to be a famine in the land. It's going to be a family not for bread. It's going to be a family not for water. But it's going to be a famine for hearing the word of God. There's going to come a time. Amen. If the Lord should tarry, that there's going to be a time that you're not going to have the word of God. Amen. I've heard rumors that there was a move just before, amen, the last election, that it was already put in place things that disclosed the churches down. Amen. To prevent you and I from preaching and teaching anything about Jesus Christ. I come to tell you, there's still a move that's coming. 
coming. There's going to be a famine in the land for a word of God. So when this black horse comes, amen, they already says, if you don't have the mark of the beast, you're not going to be able to buy nor to sell. I've come to tell you, we might as well get ready now. We might as well hide the word of God in our hearts now so that you're able to stand when this horse comes. You need to have the word of God. You need to be rooted and grounded in truth. You need to put on the whole armor of God that you're able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you're able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And having done all you can do to stand, stand therefore, having your Lord's girded about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, take the shield of faith, wherewith you're able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance, and for all saints. You've got to get the word in you now, because there's coming a famine when that black horse comes. You need to be ready for his arrival. If it's troubling you now, you can bet you haven't seen nothing yet. Darkness is coming. The light is trying to be snuffed out. The black horse. John gets another glimpse. The seal is broken. And the third beast says, John, come see. And John sees a pale horse. And the pale horse, amen, is on him is death. And hell is fallen behind him, the Bible says in Revelation 6. Amen. It says death and hell is coming. Death is going to be taking place. Many are going to be killed. Many are going to be cast into hell's fire and brimstone. And it's when it start falling around you, what are you going to do if you can't stand now against the small things? God says, what are you going to do? Amen. When the hard times start hitting you and you are not rooted and grounded in the things of God. Paul tells you in Hebrews 12, he says, wherefore, sin we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside the weights and the sin which does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy and joy of the cross, despising the shame, is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him which endures such contradiction of sinners, lest you be weary and faint in your own mind. You've got to take Jesus into consideration. You've got to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You've got to be able to endure hardness as a good soldier. 
soldier for Jesus Christ. You've got to be willing to accept persecution, rejection, lied upon. This is footmen that is doing these things. But you've got to be strong. This is small stuff. This is small trials that are coming against you. Jesus says when there are earthquakes and pestilence and desolation and diverse places, he said that's just the beginning of sorrow. He says, but the end is not yet. But when you see these horses coming, amen, you better be able to contend with them. You better be able to hold on. You better be able to know that I am rooted and I am grounded in God. Jesus says when these things happen, he says, look up because your redemption draweth nigh. You need to be ready for the coming of the Lord. Can you contend with horses? Are you ready for them? John gets another glimpse in the 19th chapter of Revelation. Verse 11 through 16. You see, Jesus won the victory for you once. Amen. Now watch what happens. John says in verse 11, chapter 19, I saw heaven open. And a white horse. Here he comes again. The white horse altered to start with. And here he comes again. And he had that set on him. It's called faithful and true. And in righteous. He doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire. And on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he is clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. Because in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. His name is the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he shall smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he tread the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he have on his vesture and on his thigh written a name, King of Kings, and he is the Lord of all lords. Paul told Timothy that in the last days Jesus Christ will make you know who is the only great potentate, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. If you've run with footmen and they've wearied you, what are you going to do with horses? Can you contend with horses? Lord, so Jeremiah in Jeremiah 33, 15, in those days and at that time, I will cause the branch of righteousness to grow up unto David, and he shall execute judgment and righteousness. He shall be called Jehovah to Niskanur of the Lord. Are righteous. Amen. He's going to execute judgment and righteousness in the earth. And this is what John gets a glimpse of. That he that sat on the white horse judges and judgment and righteous. He's coming. Paul told Timothy, amen, to be strong in the Lord. If you ran with footmen and they worry you, what are you going to do with the horses when the troubles comes even stronger than they are now? 
Amen. When peace is no longer peace in your life and in the land where you live. The Lord says, Jeremiah, in the land where you live. Amen. And you claim to be peace. It worries you. He says, what are you going to do in the swelling of the Jordan? You see along the Jordan rivers where the lions and the crocodiles and the alligators, all these wild beasts live. And so when the Jordan River begins to overflow, they come out and they become to go forward. Amen. To conquer and to kill anything that is there. Amen. So if the land of peace, what are you going to do when the wild beasts start coming? Amen. What are you going to do? Amen. When those horses, the white horse, the black horse, the red horse and the pale horse, what are you going to do? You got to prepare yourself now. You got a purpose in your heart. I'm getting rooted now. I got to prepare myself now. Can you hear the sound of the horses? Can you hear them? Can you hear them? Can you contend with them? Taking peace. The black horse bringing famine. Pale horse. Death. Hell. He's not afraid. Thunders, he thunders, he roars, his nostrils. It's terrible. Can you contend with those horses that are coming? Let's stand this morning. Are you able to contend with the hard times that is coming? You here this morning, and maybe a lot of things have wearied you. I want to encourage you this morning to prepare yourselves for the things that's going to be harder that are coming 
And it starts with a strong relationship with the Lord. It starts with you building that foundation of trust and hanging on to the Lord. Amen. There's a song says, Jesus, take my hand. Lord, I need thee every hour through this pilgrim land. Protect me by thy saving power. Hear my feeble plea. Oh, Lord, look down on me. And when I kneel in prayer, Lord, I know I'll meet you there. Blessed Jesus, hold my hand. Amen. We need to get strong in the Lord. We need to be solid. We need to be rooted because we don't know what tomorrow is coming. I don't know when these horses are coming. I just know they're coming. Amen. And I know that white horse uh, is coming again as well uh, because Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. Amen. But when he comes, he's coming to judge us and judgment and in righteousness. Amen. And I want to be right. Uh, I want my heart right. I want my mind right. Uh, I want everything about me right. Amen. Because I want to be able to endure and stand strong in the Lord. Uh, and as I quoted a while ago, the writer of Hebrews says, consider Jesus. Amen. He went through some things. He went through footmen. They weary, They was trying to weary him. They beat him. They spit on him. Amen. They did all kinds of rude things to him. But he looked to the cross. He knew he had a mission. He knew if I don't go to the cross, there's going to be no salvation. So he went to conquer. Amen. So that we could live. Amen. And so we've got to look to him continually and says, I will do goodness as a good soldier for the Lord Jesus Christ. I will stand strong in opposition. I will stand strong no matter what comes my way. I'm not going to be weary. I'm not going to be sweat. I'm not going to allow these things that I see around me to trouble me. I'm going to keep looking for it. As Paul says, I'm going to look to Jesus. Amen. I'm going to forget those things that are behind and I'm going to reach forth to those things are to reform. I'm going to press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. As Paul told Timothy, he says, I have fought a good fight. I have kept the faith. I have kept up my course. Henceforth, they's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, whom the righteous judge shall give unto me, and not only to me, but all those that long for his appearing. You got a crown waiting for you. And Jesus says, see that no man steal your crown. Amen. So if you need to get stronger in the Lord today, I want to open the altars. Amen. If you want to come and pray and get stronger right where you are. Amen. Today. Praise God. Let's get, let's get solid. Let's get rooted and grounded in the Lord this morning. Amen. Praise God. Amen.